the offering is being collected. And then we'll be starting in John chapter 9 today, so you're welcome to open your Bibles to John chapter 9. I will have it on the screen for you today as well, and we're going to be doing a lot, a lot of reading today. We're going to read the entire story in John chapter 9, but before I get there, I have a question for you. You see, I can waste time like any of you. We all waste time on different things. Sometimes it's in the shop or the garage. Sometimes it's wasting time in a book or a movie. Sometimes it's wasting time just fiddling our thumbs. And we know we should be doing things. Sometimes we waste time on those Facebook reels, those little video clips that come across our screens. Well, have you ever seen one of those videos of someone, normally a child, being able to hear their mother's voice for the first time? Time. Raise your hand if you've seen one of those videos before. Come on, I knew there'd be some of you. You know, the ones where a child who might have been born deaf, never having the ability to hear anything, now, now hears their mother for the very first time after maybe having cochlear implants put in by a doctor. The doctor tells the mom, the dad, or somebody, a loved one beside them to speak. And for the first time, that voice is heard. And the room, most often, at least for the purpose of these videos, the room is filled with giggles, with laughter, with tears of joy, with smiles. I know some of you, this is personally touched with your own family, with your own friends as well. Or maybe I once saw a similar video. Maybe you saw this one. I looked into showing it up here for you, but it was about six minutes long. But I once saw a video of a man born colorblind. I'm not talking about Pastor Chuck back there. But this man, I believe it was his 66th birthday party. And as the family sings happy birthday to him, he has all these different balloons next to him, colored balloons, of which he couldn't really see the colors. But they sing happy birthday, and then they say, open your gift. And this colorblind man who had never been able to see the colors of God's creation before opens this gift with a pair of glasses inside. He's kind of like, okay, what are these? And they say, put them on. And as he puts these glasses on, these glasses, I forget the name of them, but they're made to be able to help somebody who's colorblind be able to see the colors as God intended them to be. And as he puts these glasses on, he's just speechless. And then he starts tearing up. And then his family, his wife starts saying, honey, can you see the colors like we can see colors? And you can see he's just, he doesn't know how to react. He's just speechless with the joy that he has building up inside of him and so joyful. All I can describe it as is like my daughter, my 18-month-old daughter, she loves to eat. And there's certain foods you go to put her in her mouth and she just starts shaking because she's so excited to be able to eat that food. Well, this guy, out of uncontrollable emotion, he starts to do this with his hands. He's just so excited. He's shaking with excitement, and then he starts to tear up. He can see color. He can see as God intended him to see. What a glorious moment. Well, there's one other video. Another time I saw yet a similar video, a grown man was receiving cochlear implants to be able to hear for the first time. And as the doctor was there in front of him and his wife next to him, he gets them turned on and the doctor tells the wife to start speaking to him. Now the wife, she's, 
She can see the emotion on the husband's face as he can hear for probably the first time ever. She starts to squeal, excitedly squeal, scream, talk loudly with excitement. Now when we go to Thanksgiving in two days, you can hear my father and you can hear this and that and this. And the husband starts crying and the doctor asks what's going on. He says, take them out, turn them off. It's so annoying. <laughs> of course, speaking to about the wife. Now, I don't know if that was a joke or serious. You could see actually the doctor trying to calm her down and say, hey, it's just too much. Slow down, calm down. But the point is this. The blind see those who are born deaf. They get this ability to hear. And what a great blessing it is. The man, I want to talk about that man once more that had his vision restored to be able to see color as God intended. Well, today we're going to see in John chapter 9 a different blind man able to see for the first time ever. And he sees as God intended, but not just physically. With time through this story, you'll see that it transitions from being able to see the physical to being able to see also the spiritual and this grows into also a relational healing too. As he begins to get this transition from Jesus being a man who healed him to a prophet who healed him. And then eventually in the end, he sees Jesus as the son of God, the Messiah, the Lord, and worships at his feet. This man is like the man who had never seen colors he can now see all that he had been missing. He can see as God intends all of us to see. This man sees the light of the world, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's read now from John chapter 9. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in your Bibles. We're going to read the whole chapter so you can get the whole story. And then with whatever time we have left, we will speak. As he passed by, speaking of Jesus... He saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works that the works of God might be displayed in them. We must work the works, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. Verse 5 now, if you're just catching up, John 9. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Notice that even in this, there was an act of faith. Here on the man's part. He had to go first. He wasn't immediately healed here. The man was told to go. And not just to any pool of water. But one which might have been further away too. But he still had to go blinded. Now not just by the fact that he was blind from birth. But blinded as his eyes are covered in mud. And he had to take a walk in faith. A step in faith. And walk to that pool. And wash off his eyes. And then he came back seeing. Let's continue to read in verse 8 of John 9. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, 
That's that man's profession. Not being able to see was not a good thing back then. You didn't have people that just cared for you all the time and provided jobs and, and financial well-being. He was a beggar on the streets, not able to live like you and I. The neighbors saw him before the beggar. And now they saw him and they said in verse 8, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is he. Others said, No, but he is like him. He kept saying, this is the man. He kept saying, I am the man. I am he. I am the beggar. I am he that was blind. So they said to him, then how were your eyes opened? And he answered, the man. Notice the man. He doesn't truly know right now. He couldn't see who it was that healed him. He just knew the man. Called Jesus, made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash so I went and washed and received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been formerly blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes and I washed and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. Important to see. Even now there is a division between the Pharisees, between these people. Some believed, some argued, some maybe not. Some were contemplating what had happened. Verse 17 says, so they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? And he said, again, this is that blind man speaking, he is a prophet. Again, it changes. As the once blind man recounts what has happened to him and who did it, his eyes are gradually opened further to spiritual matters of life in the light of Christ. Again, at first he says the man, and then he says the prophet, and in the end he will realize that this Jesus truly is the Son of God, the Messiah and worship him as Lord. Let's continue in verse 18. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Now, this, this small comment, without going in great detail, some commentators believe that it could indicate that he's not really a fully grown adult man yet, but he is of age, indicating that he could be a 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old man, a young man, because he is of age now. And can't answer himself. That might be going too deep. Maybe it just means he's not a child. Ask him for yourself. But needless to say, we see the parents speak. They verify, yes, this is he. He was blind. But that's about all they verify. They say, you need to talk to him and find out who. And here we're about to find out why. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Verse 23 continues and says, Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. 
So for the second time they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Now, I'm sure this is sarcasm here, but it's still just such a life lesson for us to see his boldness. His parents were too afraid to stand up and even speak the truth of what I'm sure his son had told him about. But he not only recounts his story again, but says, why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? There's also a great note to see here. Do you also want to become his disciples? This man was already seeing himself as a disciple of the Christ. Well, there's consequences for our actions, isn't there? We should not be afraid to stand up and unashamedly speak the truth of the good news of Christ and his healings. But the consequences are this. Verse 28 says, And they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why this is an amazing the man answered why this is an amazing thing you do not know where it comes from and yet he opened my eyes we know that god does not listen to sinners but if anyone is a worshiper of god and does his will god listens to him never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind if this man were not from god he could do nothing they answered him, you were born in other sin and you would teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out and having found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? He answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who's speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. Can you imagine? This man was born blind. Now his eyes are open physically. His eyes are being open to spiritual things as well. And his eyes, one of the first things he's able to see in the first days of his vision, his clear sight, is Jesus. And he simply says, Lord, I believe and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. You see, the blind will see. This man did. And so shall we when you submit to Christ as Lord. As we go further, before we go further, let's pray and thank God for his word. Lord, we thank you for your word, which convicts and encourages, it edifies, it helps us and aids us with understanding. It provides life, Lord, and so much more. We thank you for, for your word and we just pray for it now as we study it further. Help us to see your will, your purpose, your kingdom. And know you more, that we might know your will more, and worship you as you intend. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen.
Thank you. Last week, we saw in John chapter 8, verse 31 to 36, three types of people. I said, in general, there are always three types of people in the world. One, the condemned. There are the condemned, those people who have not been freed by Christ. They're not abiding in the word of God at all because they haven't yet submitted to him. Then we have number two. We have the freed, but these freed people who still live as if they were still in bondage. They have a newness of life. They have a new hope within them. They've been forgiven of their sins, yet they still live in their sinful ways. And then I said we have three. The third type of person is the freed individual who fully appreciates all that he's been blessed with and given. And now he's living a different life. He's living in the newness of the life of which Christ has given him, blessed him with. This freed individual abides in the word of God, abides in his ways abides in his will. And this individual, this true disciple that's living with true marks of the disciple, his life is characterized with fruit and evidence of his faith. We challenge everybody to consider which one are you? Where are you in that process? Well, today we're talking about three types of people again, but we're talking about specific people. I want to just highlight and look quickly to the actions of three people. We're going to look to the man that was born blind. We're going to look to his reaction, his actions that we just read about. We're going to look, secondly, to the Pharisees and the surrounding people. What are their reactions to this man born blind that's been healed to Jesus' working, to which we know is the workings of the Father? And then third, we're going to look to the parents. First, I want to talk about the man's testimony. And before we get into this, I want to point out that in our own life, we can see all these different types of people as well. It's not just which one are we most like, but our brothers and sisters, our friends, our family, our neighbors, who are they? And how do they need encouraged? How do they need challenge? Let's start with number one, looking at the blind man who now sees. This man's actions are nothing short in my mind than extraordinary. And I want you to see this. This man was born... Blind. Now we don't know whether his eyeballs were there at all, if they were just deformed, if there was some nerve connection that just was not connected as it should have been. But we know for a fact that there's even eyewitnesses that account to the fact that he was born blind. There's no doubt about it, he could not see. And despite all these witnesses, these eyewitnesses, no pun intended, no. Despite the arguing, they all admit he was blind. And now he sees if there's any arguing, it's a fact of, hey, is this really him? Which was quickly dissolved as he realized, yes, it is. But then secondly, the arguing is, how did it happen? As they tried to make any excuse they could for what would have happened in a understanding to which we could understand as human beings. But then we have the man's testimony. The man himself would try to explain what had happened first to the neighbors, then the townspeople. They just could not believe. The scripture says he kept saying, I underlined that word, he kept saying, I am the man. It's similar to Christ's famous words saying, I am. I am he, I am he. And similar to Christ's sayings, the people did not believe him. People did not acknowledge who he really was. This man kept saying, I am the man. 
And yet they kept still arguing, is that really him? Is that really him? And he's singing, I just told you I'm here. I am he. Look, I can tell you the color of your shirt, of your robe. Whether they start to believe or not, we don't really know exactly. Or maybe they just want some further understanding. So they take him to the religious leaders now, to the Pharisees. Before I get to this, I want to speak about the extraordinary fact I want you to see. Jesus makes this comment about why he was born blind. Now, it was common in the day to think that if somebody had a handicap like this, whether they were born deaf, born blind, had other physical ailments, disabilities, they, they were paralyzed, they couldn't walk, whatever it might be, that they thought it must have been due to some type of sin in the family. The fathers, the grandfathers, the ancestors, whatever it might be. But Jesus makes it very clear that this is not due to sinfulness. Jesus says, and I quote, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. And here's what I want you to see. You see, we have two options here, and this man did too. When he found out that this was why all this happened, he could have said, why me, Lord? Why? Why did you use me as this illustration? And it could have been a negative thought. It could have been more of a, why did you make me blind? Why did you make me blind all of this? And just for the workings of God, well, then why didn't you do it sooner? But he didn't do that. The extraordinary part is he didn't care about the why. He was just focused on it happened. And sometimes we can be so focused on figuring out the why that we fail to just worship God for what he's doing. Let's read on. The blind man sees and he gives testimony. In fact, not just once, but multiple times to the neighbors. He kept saying, I am the man. And then he continued multiple times to the Pharisees. He's overjoyed and continues to share what has happened. Can you imagine being so excited? I haven't been able to see my whole life and now I see and yet I can't even enjoy my sight because I'm too busy just defending the fact that it's me. Nobody wants to believe me and yet look, I can see the color of the ground, the color of the sky, the sun, the birds, the color of the robes around me, the color of my, my family's hair and garments. He boldly, unapologetically, without fear, though, speaks up to the Pharisees and answers all their questions. And then he even says, why is this such amazing news? Why is the power of the Son of God such amazing news at all to the ones who seemingly had open eyes already, he thinks. You are the Pharisees. You're the religious leaders. You're the ones that should be recognizing this with your already open eyes. Yet apparently they are the ones that truly have closed eyes. These men here should have marveled at Jesus and his healing of the blind man. But instead, the once blind man was marveling at their ignorance to use their open eyes to see not just the physical happenings around them, but the physical and spiritual workings of which are being performed by no other but the Son of God. Let me say that again. That was a lot to take in. These men should have been marveling at the work of Jesus doing the work of the Father. With their open eyes, they should have recognized and been worshiping Christ themselves. But they marveled not at that. Instead, the man, once blind, was marveling at their ignorance. Their pride has led to darkness, 
blindness. And as one pastor said, the man's humility. The Pharisees were prideful, and because of their pride, they were blinded. Pridefully, they led, they thought they had nothing wrong with them, but really, everything was wrong with them. And that's a warning to us. Let's look at number two as we work to wrap this up here. The Pharisees. Notice verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Some of the Pharisees, not all the Pharisees were in agreement here, but they're, they're more upset Instead of marveling at the great work of Christ, as we just said, they're more upset about just acknowledging that this Jesus, this man, they're not recognizing him as the son of God, the son of man, the Messiah, even though this is a, a, a great act, one that's never been done to be able to prove his identity. They're more marveling at the fact that he disobeyed their traditions and their laws. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. He's not a man at all. He is God, and he need not care about their laws, for he makes the laws. He cares more. Jesus, being no mere man, but the Son of God, cared more about his people and doing the work of the Father than pleasing them. This brings about several questions for us. Do we get so focused at pointing fingers or debating the how that we fail to simply acknowledge the what and celebrate together what God has done? Acknowledge God's work. Do we, do we too get so stuck on the laws or whatever else may hold us back from doing that we simply do not show love? Number three, we move forward with the, parent, the Pharisees going to the parents. Is this your son you say was born blind, how then does he now see, they ask of them. Two questions. They acknowledge one. Is this your son who you say was born blind? They say yes. How then does he now see? They acknowledge not, for they're too fearful, too intimidated by these Jews, by these Pharisees. Instead, they simply say, he is of age. Go ask himself. They're too afraid, too intimidated to be cast out of the temple, the synagogue, and not just that. But it would be known that it would not be, well, there were different levels of casting out. But in this degree, it was probably the worst of which people would walk around them and not even close to them. People would despise them and would speak bad about them. They wouldn't even want to be in the same company. And yet I saw this and I thought, what great parents. They didn't care. They, they were intimidated by this. They were scared of this, but they didn't care about putting their son in this midst. And maybe we are too harsh and too quick to judge here, I wrote. How fast are we to act ashamed of the gospel and not speak of the greatness of the works of God within our own lives? How quick are we to say, well, go ask somebody else what God's done in their life. And maybe we don't use those words, but by us not speaking up, that's what we're saying. God is doing great work in our life. Do we speak of it? Every day is a great working of God. As we were singing a song earlier, I thought about a, uh, it was actually as Brian was doing that call and response, I thought about a video, another video maybe some of you are seeing, where it has this little black boy singing, probably from Africa somewhere, and he's singing about the great blessing of the day, and the sun, and the sky, and different things, and it's becoming kind of viral where people are adding all these mixes and background music to it, I don't care about that, I just love the boy's words, 
it doesn't matter what's happening. God is still blessing us in that day. His presence alone with us in the day is a great blessing. How fast are we to not speak of these things and instead hope or point for somebody else to be a witness? We should be a witness. Let's move forward, though. The Pharisees go back to the once blind man. And this man, probably annoyed that he was still repeating himself, states, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Look at the boldness. What an amazing, extraordinary response. What an amazing, extraordinary story we have. True story of the healing of this blind man. He would be reviled. He would be cast away. But he knew he had been touched and healed. And he did not care whatever would come his way. Oh, that we would be more like this man. This man proclaimed to these Pharisees... Why is this such an amazing thing to you? Why can you not understand that, that, that this man that did it surely must be the Christ, the Messiah? Let's conclude with this. Which of these three people or people groups are you most like? Which of these three people or people groups do you most see in this church or in your life? How are we encouraging? How are we lifting up? How are we edifying or maybe convicting these people and ourselves? Will we be like this healed man, once blind, who now sees and boldly follows and worships at the feet of Jesus? Looking to him, he proclaimed in verbal word and actions his allegiance to the Christ before his parents, family, Pharisees, religious leaders of society, neighbors, anyone else around who notices his changed life. He boldly proclaimed what had happened. He didn't hide, and let me tell you, he surely did not walk and continue to act blind. And too often we continue to act like we're still condemned. Instead of speaking of the freed newness of life we have. The parents, on the other hand, they were intimidated. They were fearful of the views of others. And they were, although excited, I'm sure, for their son's healing, they would not proclaim the truth of who did the healing or how. Are we more like the healed man or are we more like the parents afraid to speak up? Lastly, we saw the Pharisees. They could see if they wanted, but they were so blinded by pride and views of superiority or they were so blinded by the things of this world and trying to understand and not just walk in faith at all that they didn't even see the Son of God in their midst. They would continue to cling through their own ways instead of seeing the truth in the light of the world, which was there to light their ways. Only one from these groups of people could clearly see and act righteously as we should. Which one are we most like? Let me tell you this. If you have accepted Christ as Lord, if you've sought him out for forgiveness of your sins, your wrongdoings against the almighty God have been forgiven and you too have been healed. We've all been healed if you follow Christ as Lord, as Savior. Do we speak of our healing? Do we talk of it? Do we appreciate it? You two have been given new sight. So with this new sight, how will you live? What will you do with this gift? What will you proclaim with your life? This once blind man proclaimed that he was a disciple of the Christ and would now even challenge not those around him, 
but the religious leaders, the Pharisees, whether or not their eyes were truly open at all. We need to open our eyes and see the light of Christ. Abide in his word. Abide in his ways. This once blind man shares his testimony of his sight being restored. And we too should also. Before we close, I want to state this. Someday all the blind will see. But in that day, will it be too, de- too late? Will the condemned be seeing and recognizing the sovereignty of God too late? Right now, today, we live in a period of God's grace, but someday the condemned will see clearly a different reward than what we've been blessed with. Let's go and let's talk about how our eyes have been restored and we can see clearly now. Let's pray and close in song. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for John 9. We thank you for seeing this illustration and this true story of this healing, Lord. We thank you for seeing how this illustrates that you are the light of the world and you open the eyes of the blind and you still open the eyes of the blind. Metaphorically, Lord, when we accept you as Lord, as Savior, and ask forgiveness of sins and seek you, abide in you, and live in the newness of life, our eyes are open to see the world differently. To see the darkness, yes, but also to see the light which can come through the darkness, and that is you. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for the newness of life we have. We thank you for our eyes have been opened, and I just pray, Lord, now for us all to speak of the great things that we see in you. Lord, I think of the world and us and our lives and how often we speak of the bad things, yet our eyes have been opened to see the great things, to see the light of the world. May we proclaim such things too. May we proclaim such things more. Help us to live in your light and to glorify you in all. Amen. Oh,
let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher, be lifted higher. So let your name be lifted higher, be lifted higher. different adult ones we have a prayer one we have one for all the kids as well and if you're that person which maybe struggles to connect with church or you think it just doesn't feel like a family it doesn't feel like i've made friends you know what i just challenge you i encourage you stick around for sunday school become part of the sister of the cloth or one of our many ladies bible studies men's studies prayer groups children's groups that's how you truly get connected it's not just a sunday morning in the service but fellowshipping with the body. It's strengthening. It's encouraging. Come to these things. It helps us. God intended us to live life together, not alone. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you once again for you are stronger, you're mighty, and your power saves. Lord, we thank you for the redemption we have through Jesus. And Lord, we pray now as I close, I just want to pray for Wilmer and the Heckies for Shirley and all of the family as they work to find out what's going on with his health. We pray for you to bring them guidance, bring them comfort, bring them strength. And before we close, I also pray for our missionaries as we've been updating the bulletins. I, I just want to pray for this difficult situation which continues with a lady who's been involved with the Life International Church. And after years of being absent, she now wants to assert her opinions and things which maybe are not in God-glorifying ways looking for your will or your, your purposes, your glory, but her own. We pray for that situation specifically. But I also just praise you and thank you for the missionaries and the work you're doing around the world. Continue to strengthen them also. Lord, continue to guide us all. Amen. Thank you. Please stick around and have a great day, a great week.